0: Daily Mail Thursday, June second. Daily Mail is back after a brief hiatus of me being too lazy to do it. Basically, this episode is brought to you by SeatGeek. Have you ever been frustrated trying to buy tickets online? Of course you have. All the other secondary markets for tickets are the worst. They hit you with the user interface doesn't make any sense. They make it extra difficult, and then you get hit with these extra charges and fees at checkout, and you end up spending way more money than you ever intended. Not with SeatGeek. It's the only place I will go now to buy tickets for uh, sporting events or concerts because A, it's as easy as can be. A couple quick clicks on your app and you got yourself your tickets. B, I know that I'm getting the best price possible because it compiles all of the secondary markets selling tickets together and puts it all into an easy-to-read chart where you can see what's a good buy, what's a bad buy, and what's about average. So I know I'm getting the best price. And best of all, you'll get a $20 rebate after your first SeatGeek purchase if you use my promo code. What you gotta do is download the free SeatGeek app, go to the Settings tab, Tab, click Add a Promo Code, enter my promo code MAIL, M-A-I-L, and you'll get 20 bucks sent back to you after your first purchase. It's as easy as that, and you're saving cash and getting your tickets, so do it. Check it out. Geek. Let's go. Type it in. Google's your friend, bro. 14-year drug dealer and still counting. Who deserves the medal of freedom is my accountant. He been hula hooping through loopholes, working round shit. I.R.S. should have had the townhouse surrounded. To Hove is back. Two-year absence from your boy Hove. Back on Drug Dealers Anonymous with Pusha T. Uh, you know, it's just good to see. Sometimes what these dudes got to do. Sometimes these rappers just got to fucking rap about drugs. Get back to basics, you know. Just shut it down. Reboot the drivers. Get back into neutral. Be like, I'm just going to rap about selling drugs. Nice and easy. We don't have to worry about lemonade. you don't have to worry about your wife cheating on you. None of that shit. What did I like the best in my life? What did I do best in my life? Sold drugs. Do what you do best. You know? I got no problem with my man just throwing it back. Uh, I got a a pretty jam-packed episode of uh, Daily Mail for you today. Usually we do five topics. I'm going to hit you off with like seven Uh, because I haven't done this in a while. And I know there's a lot of diehard Daily Mail fans out there who need to know what's going on in Asia and India and Florida and whatnot. So I know I've been slacking, uh, trying to make up for it today with an extra episode. It's basically just going to be like a full podcast for you. So uh, we begin today uh, in Japan. Um, so we're just you know coming in real hot. We're, we're beginning with Asia. Let's go to Japan. So we got this boy missing in a goddamn forest. We're going on five days of this search for this kid because his parents left him there as punishment. I believe Trent blogged this earlier in the week, but I got to touch on it because it's pissing me off. The search for a boy who disappeared after his parents left him behind in a Japanese forest as punishment pushed into a fifth day, but with no clues to his fate. Yamato Tanuku 7 has been missing since Saturday after his parents made him get out of his car as punishment for misbehaving, leaving him behind in a wooded area in Hokkaido, in Japan's northernmost island. Um, they said that it was considered discipline um, and that originally their story was that they were picking wild vegetables and he disappeared. Now, where the fuck is the outrage for these people? Huh? Chinese riddle for you, Rhonda? Got everybody in the fucking uh, entire country ready to murder that couple in Cincinnati because they took their eyes off their kid for a fucking couple seconds in a zoo. But the people in Japan leaving their kid behind in, in a goddamn forest on purpose. Nothing. Haven't heard a peep about it. Nobody cares about that. Everybody's worried about a dead gorilla. This is some bullshit, man. Now, I know when you're in Asia, like all bets are off. So you can't compare an American story to an Asian story. That's legit apples and oranges. But we got parents leaving babies in forests on purpose. The kid's probably dead. You know, let's be honest. Seven-year-old can't survive in a forest for five days by himself. Nobody cares. It's like Dodson in, in, in Jurassic Park. We got Dodson here. We got Dodson. Nobody cares. Japanese parents leaving kids in forest. Nobody cares. Kid falls in a, in a, in a tank by accident in Cincinnati. Murder everyone. Murder that entire family, wipe them off the face of the earth. They don't deserve to live. This is fucking nonsense. Let me tell you something. I've been debating with people a lot. People think I'm on my high horse all of a sudden about parenting because I got a kid now. Let's get a couple things straight here. First of all, my kid is fucking six months old. I haven't done shit with my kid. I have no clue how to parent at a zoo. So to think that I would be coming at you with some sort of like, I'm a parent and you're not. No, bro. You and I, you're not a parent. I am, but we've taken kids to the zoo the same amount of times, okay? So this this has nothing to do with the fact that I got a daughter now. This has to do with the fact that I have a brain. a fucking functioning brain. People are, everybody out there is A, a zoology expert with Harambe the gorilla, and B, everybody is an award-winning parent. Nobody out there, apparently, can even... Remotely see a scenario where they would maybe slip up as a parent. It's crazy to me. People are like how how could you take your eyes off your kid at the zoo? Of course you can take your eyes off the kid at the zoo. So I talked about this on Mailtime. If you listen to this the, that full episode, you got me and Puerto Rican Puerto Rican BC talking about it. Uh, Puerto Rican BC, that nickname has just spiraled out of control. After our episode, we, we started following up with more stories. Super producer BC. When he was a toddler, no, when he was like an infant, was in a walker, and he ran down an entire flight of fucking stairs. My parents took their eyes off him, fell down the stairs, smashed his skull, broken skull, blood pouring out of his nose like it's a miracle he's alive. He's probably brain dead because of it. My parents are good parents, normal, middle class, like regular parents. Did a good job raising us. We all have good jobs and shit uh in that moment they fucked up majorly i was speaking to my dad on the phone today he told me i said to him you know uh you hope your kid doesn't end up in the gorilla tank he goes yeah well i hope there was i wish there wasn't that one time where i went in the house and i left your brother in the car my man just parked the car got out went in the house forgot that he had a fucking kid for a second because it's ridiculous to have to raise children Sometimes you leave them in a car. Sometimes they fall down the stairs. Sometimes you take your eye off them at the zoo. You turn around and they're right there. Other times, you got a little slippery motherfucker who fell into a gorilla tank. It ain't good, but it happens. Let's focus on the Japanese parents leaving their kid in the forest by fucking ax- uh, on purpose. Or how about this? We got a... Uh, Where's this? Uh, South Carolina. 65-year-old grandfather picked up the wrong kid at school. 65-year-old... Uh, he, a mistaken identity at an elementary school led to an investigation by the sheriff's office. According to the incident report, the grandfather, Joey Fuller, went to uh, the elementary school to pick up his grandson. When the grandfather arrived, he noticed a group of students leaving the gym, and he spotted a young man who he thought it was his grandson. The report said the grandfather approached the boy, gave him a hug, and said he was there to pick him up early. He asked the boy uh, who he thought was his grandson if he was ready to go, and the little boy said yes. Uh, they asked the kid, is this your granddad? The student said yes. Took him home. Uh, They said the grandfather was on the approved list of people who could take it home. Put the kid in his car. (laughs) He Took the kid to McDonald's. Gave him a Happy Meal. Um, He gets home and the grandmother says, "Uh, bro, that's not our grandkid. So, uh, you know, I'm looking at the pictures here. Like these kids really don't look alike at all. Um, Brought the kid back. Obviously, you know, big mix up. But now we're blaming the school. Gross negligence. You know, this is the kind of shit that happens. Grandparents, they're old. They're senile. They don't know what their grandkid looks like. All these little black boys, he just grabs one of them. You can't just go around killing people when they fuck up like this. Everybody who said that we... I don't want... I didn't want Harambe dead either. But you can't kill people when they fuck up with the kids. Let's move on from the topic. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Let's head over to Bangladesh. Now... Bangladesh is one of those countries, first of all, I didn't even know whether it was a country. Could have been a city in my mind. You don't come to Daily Mail for a geography lesson. Bangladesh, I don't know whether I'm going to say this is Indian or whether this is Asian. So, I don't really know. What's the ruling there? Let's go with both. Let's say Bangladesh is Asian. And a little Indian. Uh... How about this? Ready? I thought this was a lie. I did not. You. There was no way I would think that this was true. You could put a gun to my head and I would have said this was a lie. This is is last week. 65 people were killed by lightning strikes in four days in Bangladesh. 65. It's the annual severe storm season in Bangladesh. And 65 of them were killed. Most of the deaths occurred in rural parts of the north and central Bangladesh with the victims predominantly farmers and construction workers. Uh, On one day alone, 34 people were killed. 21 the next day, 7 the following day, and 3 on the final day. 65 people. No joke, swear to God. If you told me that in the history of human existence, there's been 65 total deaths from lightning strikes... I would probably have to believe you. I might be like, well, you know what? That sounds a little low, but my answer would have been like 150. 65 people in one country in four days. Last year, 274 people were killed by lightning in Bangladesh. Bangladesh, what is going on? Figure it out. Bigcat.gif, figure it out. Uh, What are you guys doing? Like partying with fucking lightning rods in the streets? out there in the fields with, like, metal rods sticking up? 274 people in a year? 65 people in a week? Four days? Now, obviously, needless to say, Bangladesh already had a big fat X over it on my map of places KFC is willing to travel. But you can make that X a little bit thicker and a little bit redder. I ain't going anywhere where 65 people in four days get struck by lightning. Give me a break. Um... What do we got? I don't know where this is. I got a problem with these news websites that don't put, like, where we are. Like, this is called the Livingston Daily. I have no fucking clue where Livingston is. And now my podcast sounds unprepared and unprofessional because I don't know where this is coming to, coming from. So, Livingston? I don't know. Let's say it's Kentucky because this is some fucking hillbilly shit. Man who called his roommate bro gets prison for assaulting him. Um... Jack Norman Rooks is his name, and he does not understand how the jury convicted him of assault. Uh, I love his charge. It was assault to do great bodily harm less than murder. I was like, eh, a really fucked up assault, but you weren't trying to kill him. But we can't just say it was regular assault, so we're going with this great bodily harm thing. He says that it makes no common sense that he was uh, convicted. The story goes, uh, the 58-year-old testified at the four-day trial that he and friends from the mobile home park were sitting on the porch drinking alcohol in June of 2014 when he walked into the kitchen kitchen where uh, Jake Norman Rooks was fixing something to eat. The victim said he got attacked from behind and the next thing I know, I'm being beaten. Uh, I got the shit kicked out of him and the victim said that the dude Rooks continually called him bro. Bro. Despite being, uh, despite repeatedly asking Rooks to stop, he testified that he served prison uh, time for a drunk driving offense and that in prison, the term bro was used to refer to homosexual things. Um, what bro? What? Since when does bro mean gay stuff? Is that a thing? Is that a thing on the inside that if someone calls you bro, it means you're gay? Either way, here's the problem. It all boils down to one thing, and if you've been listening to me and following me since the beginning, you already know what it is. It's a 58-year-old man having a 57-year-old roommate. When you are above the age of, well, socially speaking, if you're above the age of like, let's just let's just say the cutoff is like 35. I think when you're 35, maybe 30, somewhere in there. If you're not living with a woman, you should probably live on your own. By the time you hit 40, absolutely. If you are 40 plus, you cannot have a same-sex roommate that you're not romantically involved with. Any sort of platonic roommate situation with men who are 40, 50, 60 years old will undoubtedly end in violence, perhaps even death. I've seen it a thousand times. The roommate burned the pork chops, chopped them up and put them inside the freezer. The roommate, uh, like, you know, uh, ate, ate the last slice of pizza in the fridge. Bashed him in the head with a sledgehammer. The, I mean, the stories, they, I could dig up a dozen of them where roommates end up killing each other over trivial shit. You know, this situation here, you got a 57-year-old calling your 58-year-old buddy, bro. Doesn't sound like he's your bro, man. Doesn't sound like he's your bro for two reasons. One, he almost beat you to death. Two... Bros know if their bro thinks that bro means gay, you know? Like I wouldn't run up on someone and be like, what's up, bro, if I knew. If I had a roommate, I would be like, yo, that dude thinks that he's like a homophobe and thinks that all sorts of shit is slandering him for being gay. Uh, I'm not going to call him bro. Also, you know what's a really surefire way to make people think you're gay? Being so touchy about not being gay that you think bro means you're a homosexual. Like, guess what, bro? You probably are gay. There's probably a reason why you almost beat that dude to death. And it's because you're insecure with the fact that you're homosexual. Bam. I just fucking, I just psychiatrist you all up in this bitch. Where do we go now? Let's do a little Science Says. Yeah, bitch! Magnets! Researchers say that watching pornography can actually make you more religious. Call it bizarre, but researchers from the University of Oklahoma have claimed that those who watch porn more than once a week, once a week, tend to become more religious, and it may may be because of guilt associated with it. According to lead researcher Samuel Perry uh exposure to pornography may inspire guilty feelings especially if a person is violating rules of their religion as pornography viewing increases people may find ways to rationalize their behavior or even turn to religion to overcome uh their behavior that is making them feel guilty get the fuck out of here university of oklahoma first of all if you watch porn more than once a week a week one one week get lost okay that's just a ridiculous like benchmark to use for this study here secondly don't get me wrong i absolutely feel guilty sometimes after watching some porn now for me it'll probably be like when it's a second viewing in a day not a week and it'll be when i um watch something just particularly heinous just you know i'm at the point where it's just like i don't i don't even think i'm watching people have sex anymore I think I'm just, like, searching, searching websites for, like, pure violence sometimes. It's like, I don't, even, I don't even think there was ever any penetration. I don't even know if anybody's dick was out. I don't know if anybody even took off their clothes. I'm just watching some weird shit. So there are definitely times where, like, you have that, your brain goes, like, whoosh. It's like, you finish up, and it's like, whoosh, and You just get sucked back to reality. It's like you went through a wormhole, and you come back to the real world, and you're like, oh, man. What I was just doing and thinking was absolutely Horrific. You get that guilt. Does that make me want to run to church? Hell no. Does that make me do really anything at all? Not really. I mean, I suppose if there was something within arm's reach that I could do that was, like, productive. And, you know, if I could, like, donate. If I could, like, buy if I could like buy one of those Indian kids that Super Producer BC has, Om Prasad. If I could fund, uh, like, a little African kid in that exact moment. If I could just reach out and push a button and buy myself an African kid and buy him clean water and clothes and shit for like 65 cents a day, in that moment, I might consider doing that. There's a brief window of like 1.4 seconds after I watch some of the most horrendous stuff on the internet where I think to myself, I really need to do something productive for society to cancel out what I just did. So if I could just, boom, push a button, maybe I would do that. Maybe, probably not, but it would be on the table. Would I get up and go to church? Man, by the time I reached the door, I'd be like, I kind of want to watch some more porn. So anybody who feels religious guilt for watching porn and like runs to church—it's just a pussy. Get over it. If God were here, if God, if God came down, God came down in what? You know, let's just call it zero zero, right? It was B.C. and then boom, J.C. arrived, and for the next thirty-three years, he was on this planet. Let's say he did that right now. Let's say he showed up in 2016. Well, no, let's say he showed up in 2000. So right now he'd be 16 years old and ready to fucking blast off on internet porn. You don't think Jesus would watch that shit? You don't think that Jesus would say to himself, this internet and these videos are part of God's wonder. It's one of the greatest gifts God has ever bestowed upon man. Who am I to turn my nose up at this? He came down, begotten by the Father, became flesh and blood. When you become a man, you are subject to these temptations. You are subject. There's no, you know, you really want to blend in with society. You want to just live amongst the people and, and preach the good word and convert followers and stuff. You need people who trust you, right? Well, I don't trust the dude who doesn't watch porn. JC would absolutely be watching porn. So get out of here with this religious guilt, okay? Let's go to the Ukraine. I got no sound effects for the Ukraine. I need to get a clip of, of Kramer saying the Ukraine is weak. However, I don't know how many Ukrainian stories we're really going to get. Anyway, Ukrainian woman who groped men to entice them into her massage parlor is going to jail for four months. A Ukrainian woman has been in jail for four months after admitting to having touched men inappropriately in front of her massage parlor. Snitshana Obarina, 37, was born in the uh, Ukraine and was charged with soliciting prostitution and offending public morals. Shout out to that charge. That's better than uh, gross bodily harm less than murder. You're just offensive to everyone in public. Everything you do is offending the public morals. Um, She said she uses unconventional methods to entice men into visiting her premises. And uh, in in some cases, she just walked up to dudes walking by the parlor and just grabbed their dicks. You know what I call that? I call that a real go-getter. You know? I mean, this is a double standard. We could never have a scenario where the genders were reversed. If anybody was groping a woman, that would be, you know, horrendous sexual assault. But if every time I walk by Flash Dancers, some chick grabbed my dick, guess what I'm doing? Going into Flash Dancers. If every time I walk by some massage parlor, an Asian chick grabbed my dick, guess what I'm doing? I'm going to go get a happy ending. It's called good marketing, people. Great advertising. It's called guerrilla marketing. When you're out there hitting streets, trying to throw this woman in jail. We're talking about the Ukraine too. Ukrainian massage parlors. Like, I'm I'm shocked that they don't just do it out on the street. Come on with that. Grab dicks. Get in the. And, and anybody who's complaining about that, like, so what? Some Ukrainian massage masseuse grab your dick. Stop acting like a little girl. Um, let's go to uh, Ohio, where some dude took a shit on the self-checkout scanner at uh, at a convenience store. A judge yesterday ordered an Ohio man to stay away from the Kroger store, where he allegedly stripped naked and defecated on a self-checkout scanner. Colin Murphy, 23, was arrested early Sunday following the repulsive incident inside a Kroger market in, outside of Cincinnati. Uh, He stripped naked in front of a male employee. Uh, He smelled of alcohol and had slurred speech. And then he disrobed and he defecated on the you scan it. Just straight up took a shit right on this check, the self-checkout. Self-checkout is one of those things that uh, I don't think it really caught on. I feel like it probably should catch on more than it has. But... You know, it's it's strange. It's double it, it, it's it's I'm a hypocrite because like when I pull up to the gas station, I want to just get out of the car, pump my own gas and get the fuck out of there. The fact that I live in Jersey and I have to sit there and wait for some slow ass dude to come out of his little hut and then he pumps it and then it ends but he's not around to give me back my credit card. The whole night it's ridiculous. I hate that. I want to just do it myself. When I go to like CVS though, I don't know. I don't want to sit there buzzing the things and it's barking out orders at you. It's like, "Please put your so, put your uh, purchases into your bag. Please, please, please. And it's like, it gets caught on loop. And it's like, please place the device under the... Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, shut the fuck up. I just want someone to do this for me. Now, the flip side is, I don't have the self-checkout machine asking me if I want a Plenty card or if I have a Rite Aid card. I don't have that. I never am going to have that. And I never want to sign up for it. So, stop fucking asking me. But I don't know. I feel like they invented these things and kind of expected everybody to just be like, boop, boop scanning their own shit, paying their own shit, and going. And it turns out that uh, people are actually just using it as a toilet. So you know that there's some dude out there, some Asian guy probably who invented the self-checkout and thought he was going to revolutionize the world. And it's like, nah, everybody actually still like waits online like a bunch of like archaic idiots who stand there waiting for someone else to... I mean, literally, think about what you do. You just hand them the shit you're buying and they hunt, hold it under a laser and then that's it. It's like... Why don't we just hold it under the laser ourselves? I don't know. Why do we take shits on self-checkout scanners? I don't know. Humans, man, you know, we can't be trusted sometimes. So, uh, you know, I don't know. Tough break for the dude who invented the self-checkout scanner. And I guess we will now wrap it up. I believe this is the last story of the day. We go to South Korea. A lot of Asian stuff going on today. South, South Korea definitely counts as Asia for sure. Like, you know, usually you think of, like, China and Japan, but Korea is all up in there, no doubt. South Korean suicide jumper kills a man walking with his family. A South Korean student who committed suicide suicide by jumping from his 20th floor apartment hit and killed another man walking with his pregnant wife and son. That is the worst luck I've ever heard. That's worse than being struck by lightning in Bangladesh with the other 65 people. Walking along... Got your kid? I mean, geez, I now that I am saying it, I don't even want to have this story in this fucking podcast. That's horrible. Pregnant wife, kid holding hands, whap, splat, death from above, flying bodies. I mean, you got to think about the fucking chances of that. The thought that you'd be walking by the exact moment someone decided to jump off of a building. And then, like, the air and the wind that he couldn't have blown, like, one foot this way or that way. Or you couldn't have stopped to tie your shoe. Or he couldn't have, like, hit you in the shoulder instead of the head. And, like, to to be dead from that is just so shitty some true Final Destination shit. That's the only thing that kind of makes me not feel bad for this dude is there's a 100% chance he's been dodging death his entire life. This dude has survived car crashes, lightning strikes. He's been hit by, like, trains and buses. He's, try- he's He's OD'd and came back from it. He's been shot. He's been stabbed. That's the only possible way to explain such a preposterous death is that the Grim Reaper is finally just catching up with him. Like, I, we got to just try something unconventional here. How about we hit him with a human body falling from the sky so chances are you are already living on borrowed time bro can't feel too bad for you uh that's it for daily mail today uh one last thing i read that you know not to end on a bad note i read that the ucla shooter who went up in there and shot up the school and killed that poor professor did so because he was mad about his grades let me just tell you something that's the most pathetic lamest piece of shit move I've ever heard in my life now anytime anybody goes and does something heinous like that if you don't want to compare like which was worse or who had the better or worse reasoning but god damn it man you were upset about your grades what a fucking dick college kids it ain't worth it man it's not worth like freaking out about your grades it's not worth even stressing about it let alone killing another person god I just think about these kids sometimes It's like have you like you just didn't even consider like going out and grabbing a beer maybe going out on a date i mean i'm assuming if you're a fucked up psycho like this you're not exactly the best socially adjusted person but there's like so many better ways to work to to figure out to to fix having bad grades so many better ways to deal with that stress and fucking grabbing a gun and killing people it drives me nuts all right that's it for me uh a full episode of kfc radio coming at you tomorrow. It's a reunion. Me, Fights, and Big Cat back together. If you want to see us live next week in Manhattan on Broadway at Caroline's, go to kfcradio.com slash 10 p.m., one zero p.m. There are still tickets available for our 10 p.m. showing. Um, it's Couchella. Me, Big Cat, and Fights sitting on the couch running through voicemails. We're doing do some audience participation. We're going to be doing uh, hopefully some video and stuff. It's going to be a full-blown extravaganza for your eyes and ears. Maybe even your mouth if you're lucky. Who knows? Uh, It's Couchella. Like I said, kfcredo.com slash kfcredo.com slash 10 p.m. Get your tickets. Get involved. I'll see you there next week. I'm out.